0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, and today we have another amazing guest introduced to you now. Lawrence Manaig is a social media keto influencer and is studying to become a health coach. Lawrence is the host of the very popular Ketones and Coffee podcast, where he interviews experts, influencers, and everyday people who each have life changing stories after discovering low carbohydrate and ketogenic lifestyles and changing their relationship with food. Lawrence is also the founder of Basic Keto Box, a Canadian based company that curates healthy, non GMO, keto friendly snacks for people people who are on ketogenic diets. Lawrence is also a finance major and worked in the finance industry for five years until he discovered the ketogenic way of eating, which gave him much more life, purpose, and freedom. He almost immediately saw relief from his symptoms of anxiety and depression and was able to start his company and his podcast. He believes that many people are suffering in silence, and he strives to tell his story and to share the stories of his guests in order to assist with people who need it. I was fortunate enough to be hosted on the Ketones & Coffee podcast on episode 93, titled Why We Should Focus Less on Calories, which dropped on September 12th, 2022, and it is an absolute honor to welcome Lawrence onto our show. Lawrence Manaiig. welcome to the, I'm sorry, welcome to Ballist Body Radio.
1: Hey, Casey, how are you doing, man? I appreciate you having me on today. It's such an honor. Thank you
0: for teaching me how to kind of sort of correctly pronounce your last name. Um, I got so in my head about like pronouncing it right or incorrectly. I even forgot the name of our show and started to (laughs) invite you on to the how to make a podcast podcast, which is a totally different podcast. So I was was super focused. (laughs)
1: You nailed it, by the way. That was uh, that was one of the best uh, introductions. I well, this is my very first time on another podcast, and it is. I'm so excited. At the same time, like I said, I'm so nervous. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm so excited to be on here, and uh, it's an honor.
0: Did I absolutely butcher the last name? Like, was I even in the ballpark?
1: Yeah, no, you were. You were there. Can yeah. I? Can, can, <laughs> can we hear you pronounce it? It's uh, manaig.
0: Okay, cool. All right. Well, yeah, 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 wasn't wasn't great. I can work on my accent, but uh, not too bad. <laughs> uh, so I was really um, I was really surprised to hear that you haven't been hosted on any other shows. One thing that I really love to do when I find a new podcast that I love, which I absolutely love your show. You do a great job hosting great guests. Um, I love the content. I love how you conduct your interviews. It's very uplifting and positive. And I, I feel like you have such a great message to share. And one of my favorite things is I love to go and scroll all the way down to the very first episode where I can find, generally speaking, the story of the host of the show. And sure enough, scrolling all the Mm -hmm. way down, you started right out of the gate with an interview. And you've done some solo podcasts where you've been able to interlace your story with um, your message, which I think is wonderful. But I'm so much looking forward to hosting you here today to really deep dive into your story. So thank you so much for coming on today.
1: Yeah, man. Thank you. But to that point, I... I'm actually an introvert and um, this keto lifestyle has really changed a lot, um, you know, in terms of my focus productivity. But yeah, again, I I was actually supposed to be on another podcast about a year ago, but I was so afraid that I'm going to butcher it. And um, I wasn't ready. Um, I wasn't prepared for it. And I had to apologize to the host, but I wasn't ready then, but I I know I I, I do have a story to tell and I'm so passionate about this lifestyle because I know a lot of people out there are suffering like I did. Um, I suffered from uh, chronic anxiety and and major depression um, about uh, six or seven years ago, which we'll get to in a little bit here. But yeah, yeah, that was the reason why I'm just, uh, I'm an introvert inside, but uh, I I love to share stories and uh, finally I get to share my story.
0: Wow. We really appreciate that. And we're so grateful that you would want to do that. We know how difficult that can be to be, you know, feeling like you're very vulnerable with your story. And so again, we really appreciate that mostly because I know that that's going to help somebody else. Somebody's going to be able Mm -hmm. to relate to your story out there and our listeners are going to be able to get a lot out of that. It's funny that you say that I, I recall just, just through this conversation today is the two year anniversary of our first interview that we ever did here at boundless body radio. It was two years ago and it was my wife and I chatting and kind of doing our introductory episode. And I told her as we were, as we were coming to the time that we were set to record, I went up to her and I'm like, ah, let's, let's do a few more practice rounds. Let me play with editing a a little bit more. And I'm so grateful for her to say like, no, we got to do this. Like the longer we wait, the, 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 the less our message is going to get out there. And I'm again, I'm really grateful for her for pushing me because I, I feel like I've got a little bit of that introvertedness as well. Mm-hmm. And it, sometimes it's really difficult to feel like you have to get over that kind of imposter syndrome or whatever it is. So again, we're, we're really um, grateful for you that you'd come on our show today to share your story.
1: I'm honored, man. Awesome. I'm honored.
0: Well, you grew up, let's see, or did you grow up in Canada? I know you're in Canada now.
1: Yeah. Um, no, actually I, we immigrated, uh, my family immigrated here about 16 years ago. Um, and at the time I was, um, 17 and yeah, I, uh, but you know, when, when I actually, when we moved here, I was, uh, you know, I have a lot of friends you can imagine. I, I, uh, I was starting college at the time, and they had to bring me here. Um, no, I, I don't know anybody. I don't have friends here. And you can imagine, as a teenager, that's such a culture shock. So, Very yeah, traumatic. I, uh,
0: mm-hmm. Very traumatic. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Where were you from originally? Philippines. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, no, that can be really challenging. I remember moving schools in like middle school or something, Mm -hmm. grade six, grade seven, and it it was really tough in the middle of the year. I can't imagine changing an entire country. Um, how was that for you to adjust to?
1: I would say the language I had to learn pretty quickly because in, in my mind, you know, to be able to, I I was, uh, I started, I, I think, um, when when we moved here, um, they put me in grade eleven, put me back in grade eleven. And in the Philippines, we um, I already finished high school because we didn't we didn't have grade eleven and grade twelve there. So you actually finish high school earlier and you get to start college. But when I started here, I was I was uh, put in put back in high school, and it was actually yeah, it's a culture shock for me. Uh, but uh, you know met. Uh, some friends that helped me really cope with that and you know I was with my family so it was an easier uh, transition um, compared to somebody that would you know come to this country you know by themselves and so I, I did have my family I did uh, learn the language and I was able to find friends and now we're here today and uh, we're thriving I have a, a two-year-old daughter I I, um, I met my wife here um, we've this is this will be our uh, third anniversary coming up in January, so yeah, it's uh it's been it's been a wild ride for me, but this is not this is what Canada now is uh, my home.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I'm so glad you include pictures of your family on your website. You guys are so cute together. Your little girl is absolutely adorable. So cool. Uh, and congratulations on the upcoming anniversary. That's fantastic. So I'm curious, the education systems, were they vastly different in the Philippines and Canada? Just besides the fact that you had two extra grades, were the systems very different?
1: It is. Um, actually, it's um, since... You know, high school, you know, you only take about there's there's four years in high school, but the difference is there's no there's no I there's no grade nine and ten. That's the, that's the only difference. And the difference with the education is it's it's a lot like college here for high school. But in back in the Philippines, you cannot you know how you can uh, choose your subject back in the Philippines. You can't do that. There's, there's a set uh, uh, subjects when you come into a year, right? But in in here in high school, you can actually when you get to grade 11, grade 10 you can actually pick your courses for for college back uh, but but in the Philippines, you can't do that. There's always a set subject for for each year. So that's the main difference that I believe. But uh, in terms of levels of education, I believe um, here when, when I got here I was actually, um, lazy uh, in my studies because I felt like I've already studied this and I, I had a, you know, my wife, don't tell my wife, but I had a girlfriend at the time back home, back in the Philippines, and all I wanted was to get back to her. And so I was 17 at the time, so I didn't know what, I, I didn't know any better at the time, but, uh, but yeah, um, that's the only main difference is is that the system is different where you can choose your subjects here.
0: Yeah, so interesting. How, how, what was the difference in the food that you were consuming in the Philippines versus when you shifted over to Canada? I imagine that was a pretty big kind of switch.
1: Um, well, since I, I was with my family, it was it was the same because um, of how we were brought up. And, you know, my mom uh, is the main cook in the house. Um, even Even though we went here, we came to Canada, she's still the main cook. So she brought, you know, about the same... Um, you know, mentality here. She was cooking the same foods. and so, yeah, that that was the main thing too, is when i was I remember when I was younger, I used to be able to feed myself, like meaning, you know, they would give me money and just buy whatever I like. so I would be I would be, you know, snacking on junk foods all day long, and we weren't my mom, they they were busy back home and so they they were they weren't able to um they weren't able to actually look after us because they were so busy with work and we were just um managing ourselves and I, I was that that was the main thing for me there was we were they were put a lot of responsibility on us um in feeding ourselves and so what what, what i did was i i just buy junk foods, and i would be i would be filled with junk foods all day long. And that's what, that's what it's. When we came here in Canada, that was the main thing. That was the same thing is I didn't know anything about nutrition. I didn't know anything about how to feed myself. The only thing about the only thing I know about what healthy is, was just eating chicken breast and broccoli until, you know, I found keto. That, that was the only thing, but I couldn't do that. I, I knew that wasn't sustainable. Wow. But yeah,
0: yeah. I would have done the same thing if I was your age and given a bunch of money. I would have gone and spent it on junk food as well. When did you start to notice health issues?
1: Oh, man, um, I think for me, health issues started when um, when there was a point in my life that I was, you know, I, at work um, about six or seven years ago. Uh, I I started a wild rollercoaster ride for me, um, which ended up in a major depression because, you know, so I was 25 to 26 years old at this time. So your listeners can grasp uh, my age. And it was, you know, the darkest time for me. Um, I was at a job that I hated, um, developed chronic anxiety um, and, you know, I dreaded going there. Um, you know, I, I I was somebody that lived for the weekends, right? So for me, it started with, I I didn't know nutrition at the time. So I was just eating whatever I like, um, I would diet, I would yo-yo back and forth. I, I wasn't, I don't have a lot of weight on me, but I, I dabbled into, you know, exercising and dieting, but I was always somebody that's, you know, would look forward for summer, um, you know, do a bunch of, uh, exercises and, and be on a, a uh, short-term diet. And so, um, it, that, that's when that went on for years and, you know, six or seven years ago, like I said, um, I was at a job that I didn't, uh, that didn't appreciate me. So one night I experienced a severe, uh, panic attack. I was, you know, beyond freaked out. I thought I was actually going crazy and it, it brought me to my knees. And it actually, I actually thought I, uh, I could die because there's a, there was a point where I couldn't sleep for three straight days. Um, I was able to sleep. Um, it's almost like an irrational fear that, um, is this debilitating fear that I had at the time. And I think, you know, I, cause I didn't know much about self care and caring for myself. Uh, you know, now we all know about that. and um, before all of this, I thought I knew what self-care meant, but I was somebody who suffered from that. And um I was also a product of ignorance, right? from a culture that doesn't believe in mental health, right? Um, I know it's only being more talked about now, but it still weighs away in my culture. I'm you know, like I said, I'm Filipino uh, for your listeners. It's considered by many to, have toxic ideologies by you know the same people obviously who has been exposed to other cultures. but um, what, yeah, one night I was experiencing uh, severe panic attack. I was I was beyond freaked out and the next few months uh, I would be followed by this debilitating fear. Um, my friends, I wouldn't see friends anymore. I was MIA. I didn't see anyone outside my job. And I was so scared. And um, I was so scared. There was so much fear. I slept um, on my parents' couch uh, in their bedroom. And that's how scared I was. I didn't know why I was feeling scared. But my body is just in constant fear. And to also uh, just a background, was also important to point out that my mom told me about this story about my grandfather. Who, he, he died early in his uh, late 40s, also suffered from... Uh, debilitating fear he was so afraid of heights that caused him to ever graduate from college he couldn't go to his classes because it's you know at the top floor wow um and you know it's it's true like these things happen so at the time i decided to deal with this fear because i because when i heard that story i'm like man my grandfather actually let his fear stop him from graduating college, I, I don't want that for myself, and so I I wanted to deal with this fear, but I didn't know how to deal with it. So I started reading, calming myself down, and they they call they call it um, I was I was reading up on this, and they call it a, the the fight or flight mode. So after I had that severe panic attack, it's like this they call it the sympathetic nervous system that was turned on that i uh i was experiencing and it was a uh response of your body when there's uh too much anxiety too much uh go, we like in this nowadays we're overloading ourselves right with with things that um with news information everything and when our fight or flight is turned on you you're all, your your body is always um it feels like it's, it's in danger. So that's why I couldn't, I couldn't sleep um, for, for three days. And I want to give my wife some credit. If not for my wife, I don't know you know what would have happened. She was um, still my girlfriend at the time, but she saved me because I was able to tell her everything. Like um, I, I was somebody that's been ruminating with negative thoughts. You know, when, when the fear started, just, it's just irrational, irrational fear. And she was so strong and she gave me uh, strength to keep fighting. But there was a point that she broke down because it was weighing on her too. And I realized that um, she, w- even though she's listening to me, I'm the only person that could help me. Like I'm, I'm the only person that can um, uh, get out of this fear. And that story from my grandfather actually helped me so much because I wasn't going to let that happen to me. I wasn't going to let... Fear stopped me, but I, I don't know how to, but I know it's not going to stop me. So um, that started my self-discovery, you know, self-love. I, I'm not, this is just the self-development, uh, character development that I'm building. I, I don't know anything about um, nutrition yet at this time, but this is the time when I, I knew that the system couldn't help me, right? I went to the doctors, told them that um, I couldn't sleep for three days um and what they what did they give me they give me a sleeping pill saw me for two minutes i was waiting for three hours saw me for two minutes give me a sleeping pill that's when i knew the system can't help me so i did more research and went from a therapist after therapist and found a specialist that uses cbt therapy which is um cognitive behavioral therapy in the beginning um for for people that don't know cognitive behavioral therapy it's like um um they give you practices uh like assignments and it's like staying present in the moment um helping you uh, point you to the right direction not a lot of uh not a lot of practitioners do this so it was it was a complete uh accident for me to come across uh this specialist and it helped me for, to me in the in the beginning it was all cheesy for me at the time again i didn't believe in mental health and mental you know, illness because of you know the culture that was and the conditioning that i was from but doing all the personal work uh and i was desperate if you tell me i have to get if you tell me i have to do this to get better i'll try i'll try everything um and i audited everything in my life and i cut off everything that wasn't helping me started journaling started gratitude uh reading self-help books meditating and this is a point where, when um, I found Jay Shetty's book, uh, Jay Shetty—he he doesn't have a book at the time, but he's he's the author of um, I forgot the book, but you know, look at Jay Shetty—it's uh, he's he's uh, he's spent as a monk for three years, and now he's uh, he, he's on YouTube, you know, spreading positivity. And I found you know Michael Singer, uh, Michael Singer's untethered soul, um, those. My mm-hmm. favorite
0: book, my absolute favorite book is The Untethered Soul.
1: Man, I read that book for, I can't even count anymore. Every time I have to remind myself, I read that book, man. I do too. Once Uh-oh. a year,
0: once a year. And the, like, <laughs> the opening kind of statements of that book is like, there is, there is a voice in your head and you're not that voice. Mm-hmm. When I read that mm-hmm. for the first time, that was like a two by four hitting me upside the head. Yeah. Like, what? Wow. Crazy. I love that
1: book. And he and he has the same kind of experience that uh, at one point he couldn't stop his, his thoughts. And um, that actually resonated with me. And um, I've been following his, his journey ever since. And, you know, I had to really work on myself along with personal development tools. I added exercise. And, of course, I started, associated looking good uh, to being healthy, which we'll get into later. So I got lean but I'm still not in the right mental space looking back now. And so um, when, when the, when COVID hit, um, I was in a low fat diet, mostly chicken breast and broccoli, you know, not knowing what healthy meant and uh, weekly cheat days. And that was, you know, three years before keto. I, I was, I was been doing that. And I still have chronic anxiety and depression, but, were manageable when I started working on myself, but I have no clue what healthy meant. There was still something missing. And when I started keto, everything changed for me. I was, you know, experiencing mental clarity that I've never experienced before. I can list everything that, uh, all the benefits that I, uh, uh, that happened to me, but, you know, I just felt free. I felt like the shackles were off. Um, I was somebody that actually cannot read past chapter one without falling asleep. I have a focus problem. I, I have a learning disability. I I had problems, you know, focusing on one thing. And when I started keto, everything changed. And as we all know, our brain is energy intensive and looking back, my brain was starving. Right. Um, I want to talk about uh, Amber, Amber, O'Hearn, a science writer. Amazing. I, I yeah, I stumbled upon her work, and uh, she's been studying and experimenting with low-carb ketogenic diet since 1997. And she was also somebody that had major depression and bipolar disorder in her 20s and in her 30s. And with a change in lifestyle, she was able to put it in remission. So, um, and her talk was all about develop of the brain from when you were born into adulthood like when we were born um we are actually in the state of ketosis that's right and and the topic that resonated with me was when she talked about how the brain is energy intensive 20 to 25 percent of the energy we consume goes to the brain and what i realized about my lifestyle before was when I was depressed and, and, and had chronic anxiety, I was eating a low-fat diet and a, a moderately low-carb diet. And what we don't realize is that not all low-carb diets are ketogenic because on a keto diet, carbs must be low enough to start actually producing and utilizing ketones. I may be low-carb then, but my blood sugar and my insulin levels are not low enough to stimulate burning of stored fat. So. I'm low in glucose. I'm low in fat. I, I, I'm lean. I look barely. You might have heard of, you know, how prominent depression is in the fitness industry. Right. Um, so I, my brain was starving. I've had many people on the show talk about it. And that was what happened to me. It, I was a world-class. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't a world-class bodybuilder like them. Right. But my brain was starving. As you may know, you know, fat, Fat cannot fuel the brain since it cannot penetrate the blood brain barrier. So fat that makes it to the liver is converted to ketones and ketones is, are shuttled to the blood and the brain to be used as energy. So that, that was my story. Um, and when, when I heard her talk, I was like, this, this was it. This was what's happening to me. My brain was starving like I said, I, I felt free. I, I, I then started a podcast. Uh, like I said, it, it, we're about to hit a hundred now. Uh, you know, like, also going to be our second anniversary. And when I, this is an energy crisis that I had, and if you are somebody that has low moods and has chronic anxiety and, and major depression, look at, educate yourself on how to fuel your body. Start there because it may just be a, an energy crisis yeah. for you. Wow. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. You mentioned Amber, who is absolutely wonderful. We've been fortunate enough to host her twice on our show. And we've both been able to host uh, Nicole Laurent, who talks uh, a lot about yeah. this and driving up ketones as fuel for the brain. So I would encourage our listeners to go to either one of those you know, episodes that we've done or episodes that you have done that talk specifically about uh, ketones for the brain. It's absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm curious to go back. When you found keto, how did you find it? Where, where did you discover it? Was somebody talking about it? Were you following a certain somebody? like how did you find it
1: yeah so actually i heard keto from a cousin of mine when he was you know um obviously we know we know keto to you know induce you know rapid weight loss and so he was doing it he he was able to lose about 200 pounds but i uh, and this was two years before i even started keto so i i knew i heard of keto um it was in my radar but at that time I wasn't ready to hear it I, at the time I was doing, you know, intensive exercises four to five times a week. I was, I was in this a short term diet that, you know, uh, mostly, you know, chicken breast and broccoli. And I didn't want to hear it. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm lean. I don't need keto. I thought keto was just for, for weight loss anyway. So I, I really didn't uh, dig in deeper, but when Covid started when everything shut down. I wasn't ready. I I didn't have equipment at home, so I couldn't go to the gym. I, I was uh, I, I, we were I was working from home uh, mo- mo- most of the days, and that started uh, my my weight gain. I I I gained about thirty pounds uh, in two months. And, you know, as you can imagine, you know, staying home, you know, having food accessible all the time for you. um, I I was exhausted and I'm like, let me let me give this keto thing a try because I wasn't going to because, you know, for it's so hard to lose weight in a negative caloric deficit it's it's so it's so hard so i couldn't wrap my head around losing 30 pounds in in this in in uh in a standard diet in a standard chicken breast broccoli diet i can't i can't imagine myself having to lose 30 pounds so i'm like okay let me try this keto thing and i know my my cousin he he lost about 200 pounds uh being on it and so i tried it and within just a few months I was able to lose the weight and I gained so much more. And I was like, my mind was blown. I, I didn't know, I didn't know what was happening at the time. And looking back there, my, again, I felt free and I didn't know what was going on. So I started my podcast to learn more about, you know, regular people, just regular people. What's going on? What's going on with me? And I I started listening to podcasts, reading up um, on on what keto is, and but I want to learn from people. That's why I started the podcast. I want to learn from people, regular people like me, regular people like me that has the same stories. Because uh, in the beginning, I wanted to have to interview people with stories like I was. That you know that gave them so much freedom and so um my mission is to let people know that there is an option there is another way they don't need to suffer needlessly because there is another way and with what i experienced with depression and anxiety there is really no need to suffer um And every day that I get up in the morning, that's what, that's, that's what I do. I, I I actually don't do this just for, for PR or whatnot. I, I wanted to, you know, impact one person. I want to impact that one person who's willing to listen and may, it may change their life. Like it did for me. Yeah. Wow,
0: that's so cool, man. I absolutely love that. You mentioned the negative caloric balance and how that kind of fails. And you and I talked about that when you hosted me on your show. And it's, it's really interesting. I need to steal this analogy a little bit more. Um, I believe I stole it from Gary Taubes. And I think it's a really great way to explain it to somebody. Is to say like, I, I'm going to invite you to the best banquet dinner you've ever been to in your entire life. Come hungry. We're gonna have the best food. You can stay as long as you like. You can eat all of the best food for as much as you want. It's it's all on me. What things would you do leading up to that event to be able to capitalize on the event? So I'll ask you, what would you do?
1: Mm. Yeah, I will mentally prepare myself uh, in that situation. And I I would I would definitely have to, you know, be present in that moment, because there's a lot of unconscious eating going on with, 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 you know, obviously we all heard about, uh, you know, we eat unconsciously when we're watching TV, you know, Netflix and chill, there's always food around. Right. And it's, it's harder and harder to navigate this society. And if you're not, if you're not aware or you're self-aware, with what you're doing, your emotions, your, if not checking in with yourself, it's so easy to fall victim into this way of lifestyle, this way of living. There's, there's so many processed food, foods now, there's fast foods uh, in every corner of your city. It's so hard to navigate this life without, you know, slipping up. And if you, if we don't help each other and you got to start with yourself, just stop just recognizing your excuses for me. I have to recognize, I have to be in the right mental, mental space before I even, uh, you know, attend a sort of event, uh, the said event, because if, if I would go there hungry, right, I, I would, I would, I'm not setting myself up for success. I'll probably eat before, before I go. Right. Okay. And I will probably bring something before I go. Because, you know, I would focus on the social aspect of it, not the eating aspect of it. And th- that's, uh, that's what I would say. It's just focus on talking to people, that talking to people, the social side of it. And be um, conscious in your decision. Be, just be conscious with all of your decisions. Because one bad decision can lead to another. When you say yes to something, when you slip up one day, it's easier to slip up. Uh, to slip up the next time, and so you have to really know. You really have to have uh, to be accountable with all your, your action and be conscious enough with your decisions, so that you. And, and again, if if you do slip up, that's okay, right? As long as you you know yourself that you can bounce back from that. And again, like, like I said, uh, prepare, prepare before being the right mental state and focus on the social aspect of it, not the unconscious eating side of things. See that,
0: that is such a beautiful and amazing answer. I should have expected nothing less than that. And even in that answer, you answered in the way that I would expect most people to answer that question. If I want to go hungry or if, if I want to be hungry for that dinner, I'm going to make sure that I don't eat during that day. So I'll be really hungry. And then I also maybe will like try to burn off more calories maybe go on a run or something because because i'll use up more energy and that will that will make me even more hungry and you said a good way to approach that dinner is to make sure you eat before you go because you're going to be less hungry so again i love that answer but when we look at what that is and what's going to drive somebody's hunger way way up well all that is is a, is a, a normal diet we're describing a calorie restricted diet with a lot of exercise. It's exactly move more and eat less will make you very hungry. And that's the problem with so many of those diets out there is they make you feel very nice. deprived and very hungry. And that's why a ketogenic diet is magic. It's what you know, Gary Tobbs calls like the Holy Grail of diets because you're not hungry and you're naturally just kind of consuming less calories because you've lost your hunger. You feel really satiated, probably for many people the first time in their lives. So again, I think mm. that's a wonderful way to answer that question and still arrive at the same conclusion. Um I do want to ask you going back to when you started the ketogenic diet, did you notice benefits in your mental clarity or was that something you had to study to be able to understand at first?
1: At first, I, you know, I wasn't aware enough to just, this is just looking back. In, in the beginning, I, I wasn't aware that my energy was changing. I, I was just experiencing more productivity. I was just experiencing I had more energy. I could do more things. Um, you know, when, when, people, when people say, I, I, like I said, I can't imagine myself starting a podcast, be consistent enough to upload once a week, and you do it, you do it three times a week. I, 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 uh, you're, you're definitely killing it here, but I, I was somebody that's, uh, you know, I was just different. Like I, I had, I had, you know, a learning disability that I couldn't, it, it's so hard for me to learn in school. It's so hard to me, for me to, to understand something like right that where, while my other uh, classmates were understanding pretty quickly and you know i was somebody that's um you know spent a lot of my summers studying because i failed the class um i was somebody that's never uh finished a book before let alone you know um do do some you know uh, start a podcast or start a business when when. It, when it was happening, I didn't know it was happening, but I was just being more productive. And after, after a year and starting a business, starting a podcast, just looking back, I'm like, what was, what was different? It was my energy. Like, um, and, and we were talking and I know you might have uh, uh, heard of um, Amy Berger author of uh alzheimer's antidote yeah she's amazing we posted her three
0: times she's amazing
1: yeah man like the way she talked about how keto is so effective in treating a lot of neurodegenerative diseases she puts it in a way that a lot of people can you know easily understand and so like they were talking about how keto was so effective in you know, treating a lot of these diseases, type two diabetes, uh, other chronic illness. You know, lowered inflammation, improved blood blood sugar control. Um, you know, and Im- improved insulin sensitivity. Why is you know keto so effective in all of this, right? And we start to, you know, I myself, I myself, when I say, okay, oh, keto can keto can probably help you out. Um, keto like we we become like for people cuckoo because we, we, we are actually talking about so many types of diseases that keto can cure. Right. And, um, she, a- Amy Berger, uh, she quoted, uh, Jeff Bullock, uh, chief science officer and co-founder of Virta Health. Virta Health is an organization that focuses on reversing chronic diabetes. She quoted him and he said, uh, keto is a really big hammer. And there are a lot of little nails out there, right? So that was that was a that was a great quote right there because keto is all about that, all about inflammation, all about energy. We our brain is starving. There, these are all energy problems that we have, like that's plaguing our society today. And it resonated uh, with me once again. And looking back all of these, uh, all of these things that are listed here, um, you know, with obviously fat loss, you know, energy improved brain health and brain health function. These were all happening to me. I wasn't aware of it at the time, but now it's all making sense. It's all making sense. And I'm a different person. I'm telling you right now, Casey, I'm a different person back then. Not, not, not because, uh, different character. I'm, I'm the same guy, but it's like, I'm free. Like I, I don't know how to say it. I, I feel free. That's amazing.
0: Wow. I, I can so much relate to that. And with the clients that both you and I see out in the world and the stories that we hear with people, that's, that's just very consistent. We hear that all the time with people who feel like, you know, they were eating and snacking and always hungry all the time and all that stuff goes mm-hmm. away and then their skin clears up and then their brain is, is more clear and, and their IBS goes away. And there's just such a, such a long list of things that we could talk about as far as things improving on, on a ketogenic diet. And I, I love the way that you used uh, that Jeff Volek quote. I think that's a really good way to look at it. How has your ketogenic diet evolved over time? I understand that you um, have kind of gotten into even like a low, a no carbohydrate diet or a carnivore diet. Can you tell us a little bit about the evolution of your ketogenic diet over time?
1: Yeah. So um, when I first started, it was, it was really a an eye, eye opener for me, right? I was really excited starting the diet. Um, you know, looking for like my, my you know in the keto community, you're so excited because there's so many things that uh, are new to you. All right? The fat bombs in the beginning, this was you know first few first few weeks on on this lifestyle. You know, you had the fat bombs, you have the 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 the, the wrong way of starting it, but either either way it's uh it's uh healthier than what was you know previously my lifestyle right so you know just learning about how to ketofy all my favorite uh meals how to you know i was starting to cook more at home and so it was just an exciting time for us my wife also started it with me um after a few months i think and um and we were loving it we were losing weight and and um and as as i learn from people as i interview people on the show i've learned that um i've learned that you can actually improve uh, your uh cognitive uh health uh by switching to a carnivore lifestyle and so for me i'm not carnivore right now i'm i i jump back and forth into carnivore and keto um when i would need to um lose a lot of weight let's say you know i i i ran a 5k for the first time last weekend and i went on carnivore uh two weeks before that so i could lose the extra weight and it you know it's absolutely amazing because uh on carnivore it's keto is great for you know brain function, cognitive, uh, cognitive health. But when you switch to a carnivore diet, which is basically an elimination diet, you're eliminating everything, but, uh, but meat, but, uh, dairy. So when you, when you are on a carnivore diet, it's, it's like, I describe it as the same effects of when you're fasting um you're clear your your energy levels are through the roof and it's you're always you're you're never hungry you're always satiated for longer hours and that's what that's how I see carnivore is a tool to for me it's not sustainable for me yet but it's uh it's a tool for me i'm i'm a i'm strict keto right now but Um, whenever I feel like I need to uh, improve my health more, my my cognitive function more, I, I jump back and forth. Yeah,
0: no, that's a great way to think about it. I think that's totally fine to understand that that is a tool and you don't have to do that for the rest of your life, but there might be times in your life where going a little bit more strict on carnivore would be really helpful. Um, you mentioned your wife, which I think that's fantastic that she eventually jumped in with you. I was going to ask, how has it been with you changing your eating with a family, not only your wife, but also your daughter? How, how has um, your transition into a ketogenic diet affected and impacted their diets?
1: yeah um that was huge they're huge for me um because a lot of a lot of times it's uh it's actually when you start a lifestyle like like keto you really have to look at your environment and change your environment and with their help I was able to do what I do now because if they, uh, if they don't if some if you're maybe your spouse somebody that you living with you or it doesn't support your lifestyle, it's really hard to transition to a uh, ketogenic diet because um, a lot of times there'll be um, snacks lying around, laying around um, that can trigger you, that can trigger a person into, you know, uh, slipping up. And so having my wife, you know, buy into this lifestyle because she knows she knows the research. She knows what I do. She knows about all of the uh, guests that I have on the show. That's had tremendous uh, benefits, tremendous life-changing stories, and that's how she was able to buy into it. But um, for some people, it may be so not so lucky because um, when your partner isn't uh, all into a lifestyle, there may be some friction there that if you're not so disciplined with your lifestyle, if you see, you know, snacks laying around, or if you're, if your partner is the person that cooks in the family, it will be very difficult for you to make a change. So, um, her switching for me and she, she did also, um, uh, have some benefits. She lost a, bu- a bunch of weight. Um, and, and, but yeah like i said it's uh it's she's been a blessing to me and my daughter i think it's a, a little harder for her a little harder for us to switch her completely but just because you know it's really hard to <laughs> feed a baby steak right and and it's really hard to you know and milks nowadays are filled with sugar so we haven't found a an alternative yet for her but as as you know as we as we go i'm we are we are actually making cookies for her we're making um uh low low sugar yogurts and and all of that but you know for the most part she is low carb but with with babies um they are much quicker to switch to ketosis like uh, until three to four year old i believe uh, within two hours they're back into ketosis, but babies again, were born in a ketosis state and within a few hours of eating let's say a cereal in the morning, within a couple of hours they're back into ketosis. so we are we are meant to be uh, in a ketosis state when we when right when we were born and so yeah, yeah that, that she's she's a blessing for me. And she she allowed me to do what I do now.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I love hearing that. It's so interesting with parents how they you know handle the food situation. I, I recognize that this is very very challenging and difficult. And kids should be able to handle a, a certain amount of carbohydrate a lot more than an adult mm-hmm. can. They're in growth yeah. phase. I think kids can do great with rice and with fruit and all that kind of stuff. And so you definitely don't want to be totally over restrictive. Um, just kind of a, a funny side note. Um, we were at a family gathering just this weekend, and um, it, it was our our nephew's uh one-year-old birthday first birthday mm. and so they made him a cake they tried to make it as healthy as they could um you know it was soy free and gluten free and all this stuff they put tons of coconut oil in there and the kid loved it it was so cool to be able to watch i was surprised at two things first of all i was surprised that i could see the cake and it didn't really affect me It didn't bother me one way or another could have been um it could have been a notebook could have mm. been like a, a speaker it could it, it, it was just an object and it, it's funny because that would have you know, very highly tempted me in the past. And I think once you've been low carb or carnivore for long enough, your desire Mm -hmm. for those things kind of go away. The other thing Mm -hmm. that I saw is, is the mom was starting to like, um, kind of eat spinach leaves raw. And I almost felt like this, this crazy aversion. I I almost got like a little nauseous or something. And my wife, she, she felt really bad about this. She couldn't stop it. It just kind of came out. She was like, mom, are you going to eat those raw? like kind of disgusted and she, she caught herself. She's like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I feel really, really bad about that. But it's funny. Once you eliminate some of these foods, like yeah. sugar just kind of loses its power and a lot of the like kind yeah. of bitter vegetables that I used to eat multiple times a day, they don't, they, they, mm. it's almost opposite. They look they look terrible.
1: I think Maria Emerich coined that uh, phenomenon where um, if you switch, i if you switch your mind from I can't have that to, I don't want that, that's when, that's when you're actually, um, you know, your lifestyle becomes more sustainable. Yeah. Like when you, when you switch that to, I don't want that right now, most, most of the, not all of the products that I see are, I don't want that, but some of it, I can't have that. But, you know, as, as you go along, I think that's what's happening to us is, um, it's not worth it for us to be, you know, cause for me, when I eat off plan, I would feel it right away. I would, I would feel so sleepy and that's not good for me. I I need to be productive in my days. I'm sure, I'm sure you, uh, you know, the feeling, but, um, some days I can't, it's not worth it because I would be knocked out, you know, for hours. And, and that's, that's not, uh, that's not good for me because I, I need to be productive. And, um, also, you know, depression can also, you know, rear its head again when when i would you know um slip up and i that's something that uh, a a good reminder for me to stick to plan yeah but i'm not perfect you know sometimes you know i would slip up but you know it's, it's always a good reminder that i need to stay accountable, stay consistent.
0: Yeah. I can relate to the tiredness, the sleepiness, and also anxiety. When I eat sugar, Mm -hmm. my anxiety goes through the roof and it's just not worth it. It's easier for me to be abstinent. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So so you mentioned the fat bombs earlier as a great transition onto a ketogenic diet. And I a hundred percent agree when somebody is just learning how to do this, I don't care what they eat. It could be not the most ideal thing, but if it's coconut oil and it's butter or it's tons of bacon or, you know, the snacks, the keto snacks, whatever I, I see so much Value in that. I think a cool benefit of the ketogenic diet is over time the need to snack kind of slowly goes away a little bit. You decided it goes to away. It, it goes away for most people. You decided to start a company, Basic Keto Box, where you're putting together boxes of keto snacks for people. I think this is wonderful. I think this is great for two options. I think this is really great for somebody who is either just starting out or they're struggling to stay with it. I think this is a, a great option for them. And I think also with kiddos, if you don't want to load up your kiddo with a bunch of chemicals mm. and, and, and sugar and all this stuff, we can use these types of snacks mm. and gives our kids options on which ones they like. So tell us a little bit about your company and how you are running it and how you're helping people with that.
1: Yeah. So, uh, started basic keto box in, uh, in Canada. Um, because I found out that we when you were, again, when you were started and you talked about this a little bit, that, it's really hard to transition into a ketogenic lifestyle because one, you're looking for your favorite foods. You're looking for crunch. You're looking for that sweet, salty taste in your uh, taste buds that it, it's not sustainable for you to switch into the keto lifestyle. But when you, like I, I experienced this for myself, when I have the ability to, have a choice that I can I can have an alternative to my favorite food. Like let's say if I'm looking for crunch, I have pork rinds, right? Instead of the, you know, your classic lace or whatnot. And if you have that available to you, then you're less likely to slip up. And I found out that if you do have if you do that in the beginning, it's so helpful for a like everything for me, the for me, the food aspect of it is one thing. And, and another is the mental side of things. Like if you're, you have to be, um, satiated in, in the beginning. And if you have snacks available to you, then again, you are less likely to slip up because you do have choices. You do have, um, pork rinds, uh, your cheese snacks, your, your sweet snacks that are Alternative to your favorite, and when I started Basic Keto Box, I I feel like I, it's helping me too because I was able to find new snacks for myself for my family, and I'm like, why why not share this with people? So, so my so my box we curate we handpick all the snacks and we put it in the box for for families, and what we found out that you know kids actually enjoy these snacks too. And it's a healthier option for them. And it's not just for keto dieters. It it is for people that are actually looking to uh, get into a healthy lifestyle um, and have another choice. And most of our snacks are non-GMO, gluten-free, and very keto-friendly. And so it is also a way for us to educate people on what keto diet is because most of our most of our uh subscribers are mostly uh, you know, people who wanna lose weight and also some people that just wanna, you know, stay healthy. And there's a really a negative uh there's a negative stigma about uh keto that's unhealthy because of its rapid uh it induces rapid weight loss. And you know, for most people it cannot be healthy because of that. Um rapid weight loss and you eat this and that you eat a lot of fat, a lot of this. So we actually use our platform, uh, the basic keto platform to educate people about what keto is really is. It's not just about snacks. Snacks are a huge part of it, but it is also a vehicle for us to, to educate people on what keto is. If you, if there, if you can, um, uh, we, we give them meal plans. We give them uh, newsletters. We give them, um, you know, just small pieces of information on how to really start to diet. You can, like like I said, in the beginning, snacking are is important because you're transitioning to a lifestyle. You're not used to it. You're not used to not having snacks. And so also you mentioned when you transition, deeper into the keto diet when you learn about what keto is you you start to clean out your diet and i i don't i don't imagine people subscribing to the box for longer than year uh two years or one year that's fine like I, my main goal and my main mission for basic keto is to spread the awareness spread what keto is and help you transition into a lifestyle so it's sustainable um Yeah, so we've been running for, you know, a couple of years now. Um, um, And it's been a wild ride for us. But the main mission is to, you know, help people transition into a lifestyle that they deem to be uh, uh, very not restrictive. I'm here to tell you it's not. There's a lot of options out there for you now. There is uh, lots of alternatives now. And it's much easier to start a keto diet now more than ever.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree, and I love how much you talk about the sustainability piece of the ketogenic diet, and you know, when you sent me your introduction, I made a few creative edits and, and added some things in there, and I, add, I I totally regret it, that I added, they, they, these are snacks for people on the ketogenic diet, I, I wish I would have taken that out, because you're right, I'm so glad you clarified, this is good for anybody, you don't have to do a ketogenic diet, if you don't want to, but you can still benefit from using these snacks, they're way better than the crap that you can find at the grocery store and gas station, so It's not just for those people. I love how you're using that for kiddos as well. I think that's absolutely wonderful. And I absolutely love your message and your intention and putting this kind of, this kind of education and good vibes out there. Your, your site also offers coaching. Is that correct? Is that one-on-one coaching?
1: Uh, that site, um, so I'm not certified yet, but I do have uh, a friend that we, I partnered up with and her coaching is available, uh, for Canadians. That's Uh, interested in that that's wanting to start a keto diet and if you're interested you can go to you know basic keto basic keto.ca and you will receive a discount if you if you do subscribe to her uh coaching program but i i will be uh certified in i i believe in the next month as as i finish my courses but yeah. Uh, right now it's, uh, I partner up with somebody, uh, in Canada, a friend of mine in Canada that, that, uh, coaches other people.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I saw that on the website. That's fantastic. Again, I just absolutely love what you're doing and, and all the different ways that you're helping people. Lawrence, one more time, where can people go to find out more about you and connect with you and your work?
1: Yeah. So, uh, I'm mostly on Instagram. Um, my, you can find my podcast at, you know, you can, you can even Google it, Ketones and Coffee Podcast. Um, it's available in all, on all the major platforms. Basic Keto Box is available at basicketo.ca or basicketobox.com. Um, we ship uh, all across North America now. And if you're interested, you can, um, I'm going to give Coach Casey uh, a code to use. We, we can put it on the description here. And my coaching will be available very soon, a one-on-one coaching. Um, it will be available next month and we'll, we'll probably update the description uh, when that happens. And um, yeah, um, and I do have a TikTok where I do silly stuff, uh, just talking about how to navigate a lifestyle when you start a diet. And I, I'm sharing all the information there, um, going into restaurants, talking to restaurant owners, yeah, keto restaurant owners, and yeah, it's just, uh, you know, just my mission is to let people know that keto doesn't have to be difficult, right? You can navigate this life. I know it's, it's harder and harder to navigate this society with all of the different, you know, processed foods that's coming out uh, right now and, and fast foods. But join, to be accountable, join a, you can join a community um and you can also follow accounts like mine like uh coach casey you know to stay accountable right um yeah
0: That's it. (laughs) That's amazing. Well, again, we're so grateful for you and all of your work and the way that you're sharing this message of positivity. And again, all the different ways that people can find you and work with you. If nothing else, just the podcast, you do such a great job on the ketones and coffee podcast of telling that story and sharing that message for free, where everybody can find that and understand how to incorporate this in a way that's simple, might not be easy, but it would be simple. And something that, like we said, is very sustainable. So thank you so very much for all of your work. And thank you for making time to come on our show today. We really appreciate you, Lawrence. Thank you so much, Coach Casey. Absolutely. It was such an honor. And this has been another episode of Boundless Body Radio. As always, thank you so very much for listening to and supporting Boundless Body Radio. It has been such a joy to go on this journey now that it's been two years of doing these episodes and all the amazing conversations that we've had with thought leaders and to be able to share this message around the world with literally hundreds of thousands of people has been so amazing. If you haven't already, please go over to Apple, leave us a rating and review as it's the best way for the show to continue to grow and touch more lives of people out there. I am so excited to announce that we are launching the Boundless Body Radio Premium Podcast. This is something that I have been working really hard at for a very long time and something I am very proud of. Now that we have done over 300 episodes, our content can be a little bit overwhelming if you really want to learn about one particular topic and really zero in on that topic. So that is exactly what I have done. I have gone through all of our episodes, taken the very best clips all about one particular topic and put them into long form, very informative and concise episodes called the Boundless Body Radio Premium Podcast. That can be found on our brand new Patreon page, which I'm really excited to announce as we have all kinds of different offers there and different tiers. We're including early releases of our show Boundless Body Radio. We typically keep about 15 to 20 episodes scheduled at any given time. So we have options there where you can have early access to those. We're also offering group and one-on-one coaching and also access to these premium podcast episodes, the Boundless body radio premium podcast. We have three that are launching right now, and I will be making a new one every other week. And we believe that we are providing these for a very, very high value. So please check us out on Patreon, check the link in the notes to be able to get there. And thank you as always for listening to boundless body radio.